Hello and welcome to another episode of Dawncast. I'm Dai Lee. And I'm Kathy Ngo. And today we've got a wonderful friend of mine, uh, Nina Nguyen. Uh, for those of you who are, uh, can't sp- pronounce the Nguyen, it's got the N-G in it. You might just say Nguyen. Yeah, so some people say Nguyen. Nguyen. <laughs> That's right. Because I've got um, cousins that with the same surname. Yeah. <laughs> Hi, Nina. Welcome. Hi. <laughs> so uh, Nina is the founder of a manufacturing business called Paco. Now, um, one of the very few women and also a few Asian Australian women in the industry here in Australia. So I'm really proud to have this wonderful friend in that manufacturing world. But also I've often over the years, I have thought that she was a bit mad to go into an industry that she has no knowledge but uh, she, she has said in the past, well, I have seen, Di, how you do some crazy things. So I thought I'll do some crazy things myself. So welcome to Dawncast. Okay. Thank you. Thanks, Di. <laughs> so first of all, tell us what does PACO do? So PACO is a cardboard packaging manufacturer. Um, we pretty much specialise in custom packaging. Um, ranging from different box styles, sizes, prints and finishing. So anything that is brand related and you need a box for it, we're the guys to go to. And you're based in? Uh, we're based in Jibang in Brisbane, yeah. so in the heart of the city. Yeah, yeah because um, so you, so Tanina is actually, she grew up um, here in southwest of Sydney, um, which is, you know, a very wonderful uh, region community. community. I'm very proud to call that I, you know, that's where I came from, but that's where she uh, grew up in, and her family also. But they've now you moved up, moved up, yeah. and we're not allowed in your state anymore. <laughs> yeah, that's true too. <laughs> How does it feel to be kind of you know separated? Um, it, it was very tough to start off with because, you know, I went to school at Fairfield West Public. My high school was Westfield Sports High School. Friends, family, everyone was there, you know, and for me to make that move, it was a big leap for me, but it was, you know, I was, I guess, there's a bigger dream for me that I had to chase and, yeah, move to Brisbane for it. Mm. So what dream was it? Was it to have your, to run your business right now? Yeah, so Paco didn't start for me because of, like, I didn't move because of Paco. I actually moved because I um, wanted to venture into farming, um, which is really odd. (laughs) My my parents are farmers and they moved to Brisbane in 2009 and they pretty much went on holidays, never came back and said, hey, send up our furniture, we're going to stay here. I'm like, I'm mad, who does that? You know, so they... They've been um, really successful in what they've been doing. And they said, look, it's an industry that you can innovate. It's an industry that you can try and improve on because, as you know, farming is very laborious. Um, There's a lot of hard work that goes into it, but it's a lot of generation passed down. So you don't know anything outside of what you already know from your parents that hands it over to you. So from an outside perspective, I was like, oh, maybe this is a great opportunity for me and that's what I did. So were your parents farmers um, back in Vietnam or did they have family members in the, in the industry? Yeah. 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 Okay. My parents were farmers, yeah. yeah. So what was your motivation or what fueled you to start PACO? Um, well, my, my journey in packaging started in 2011 
stone nine years ago uh, because my parents are farmers. They had some sort of a, you know, issue around uh, produce packaging. And as some may know, farming is very, very hard. You know, it's very dependent and reliant on the weather conditions. So, you know, you often pray for rain and then you often pray for the sun and you, there's a lot of environmental factors that come into play. So the hard thing for them was seeing their hard work being damaged by transportation. And this came about from produce packaging. The boxes weren't sturdy enough. They're not moisture resistant. They can't handle pressure. So my parents were like, we need help, you know, like the, the box grades that we're getting at the moment, it's not sturdy enough. It can't um, sustain our produce. And they were getting really less pay because they were getting damaged by the time it gets to just say Flemington or Melbourne markets. The agent will look at it and goes, well, this isn't fresh, A grade produce. We're going to give you this much money for it. So my parents working so hard, they go, we can't afford to keep losing out. So can you help us? And, you know, as a good daughter, um, (laughs) I said, yeah, sure. You know, I'll, I'll look into it. And I, you know, the first thing that came to my mind was um, importing, you know, as you would, you're going to importing. And that's how pretty much the box code started from an idea that my parents gave me. I said, yeah, let's do packaging. It's easy. How hard can it be? But, you know, it's, it was a really tough time for me. Importing, as you know, there's language barriers because you're dealing with overseas. Um, there's the currency you're buying in US dollar. Uh, manufacturers over-promising and under-delivering. They give you samples to sign off on and the production that they supply you, it's it's not the same. It's completely different. So for me, I was, I was like, okay, well, I got myself into this. How am I going to do it better? Um, what can I do to help my parents? So, you know, I knew that, uh, I knew that, um, it wasn't going to be easy to start off with, but I had accepted that and I continued, you know, going along with it. And yeah, by the end of a couple of years, I realised that, nah, this needs to change because I had no control over the manufacturers. I had no control over the currency fluctuation. Customs was really tough. Like there was ongoing battles and issues. The lead time was six to eight weeks. And there was nothing that I can control. I was the person on the other side of the world and I was saying, I need this. And I just had to go by what they say. So for me, I made some serious changes and I said, no, nah, I want to start my own manufacturing business. Yes. I'm sure there are other people who are in this same scenario who's trying to import, but they're, they're going through the same thing. I remember when uh, when Nina said to me, uh, "Die, I think I'm going to buy a manufacturing company." Oh. I said, "What?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I'm going to manufacture boxes here in Sydney or in Australia. I've got to find a place where I'm going to manufacture. I said, "So, what experience have you got in manufacturing? Do you remember having that conversation?" Yeah. Yeah. Oh, isn't it just pressing buttons? <laughs> <laughs> she, said, she goes, "Oh, I've got no experience, but I'm sure." You can you, you you did the things that you did in politics. I'm sure I can do this. I said it's manufacturing. But it's 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 again a lot of buttons like Homer Simpson. You know? <laughs> yeah, that's right. But it's um that's the entrepreneurial spirit, right? Like you just give it a go. You either sink or you swim, and then 
Um, but I guess hearing from your story, it's that kind of burning desire to help your parents. Like, and it's just like I can just imagine the the disappointment in in your parents' face. Like, because I can picture my parents as well as like the the anger or they must feel like when it's just like they've worked so hard for this produce and then when it gets to Flemington it's just like it's it's different it's just like things that you don't have control over like the transportation so mm. yeah and so yeah. so um so how many years have you been producing boxes now so for so for Packer I started in November 2017 so almost three years now okay um yeah it's it's been a journey Wow. <laughs> it's been an incredible journey. How, how much do you think of your upbringing, your cultural background influenced the way that you set up or, or you know, kind of you went there and, you know, set up PACO? Um, look, to answer this question, I, I think it's both cultural and upbringing because the major influence in my life has always been my parents, you know, like what Cathy was saying. Like they've fostered my mind with confidence and my parents migrated to Australia in 1980s and, you know, they they went through a really tough time, you know, like it's not easy to just escape from Vietnam and build a new life, you know. They came here with nothing, no English knowledge, no support, no friends, and they had to start on their own pretty much from scratch. But, you know, they, they battled it out and, you know, at a very young age they you know, always talk to me about um, their struggles, the good and the bad, and the why behind what they did, you know. So for me, it was, so for me, they taught me a lot of um, persistence and love. And that's why, you know, I've got this drive and, you know, my upbringing was because of their teachings, really. Mm. Um, In terms of... It, it, with that drive um, and with your, you know, wanting to set this up, when you started out setting up PACO, what were some of the challenges that, you know, doing, <laughs> venturing into this industry with no manufacturing background or knowledge? Um, well, yeah, that was one big component. <laughs> you know, <laughs> no knowledge. Like, <laughs> uh, you know, I, I threw myself in the deep end and I said, look, you know, if my parents can leave their world behind to come to a place like Australia with, you know, no English and no support, what's it for me? You know, I grew up through a good educational system. I've got support. I've got friends. And why not give it a go? Like, you know, they did. And look how they turned out. And, you know, it won't be as bad if I failed, you know. It would just be a learning experience for me. But, yeah, that's I, a good way to put it. Yeah, I, I, look, I'm glad I did it because I would have always that then wondered, you know, what if I continue to import? What would it be like? You know, I'm not changing anything. You know, I'm not making an impact or a difference to anyone else. But with Paco, I am now. So, do you? It was like, what sort of packaging do you do besides the packaging for your parents' farm? Uh, we do, do a lot of pharmaceutical packaging, retail, uh, e-commerce, pretty much anything to do with cardboard. We can manufacture in our factory. Mm. All the work is done in our factory as well, so it's all within my control. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Now, there must have been some dark mm. moments because I know I have been on the other end of t- those, some of those dark moments and I've, I've, there are moments where I felt so helpless and I just, you know, not knowing what to do or how to help you. Do you want to share some of those dark moments? Um, yeah, absolutely. Look, there, one, one dark moment, uh, I'll keep reflecting back to this, is the lack of um, experience in this sector. Manufacturing is not easy and it's not for everyone, especially in packaging. But, you know, I can't name another friend who has a packaging company. I can name many that has cafes and restaurants that I can, you know, bounce ideas with, but in packaging, I'm... There isn't. So that for me was a um, a dark moment of having to play the role of everything. You know, I had to learn from the different paper types, the grades, the materials, you know, uh, HR, employing, sales, quoting, dispatching. I had to learn all that and they all intertwined with each other simultaneously at the same time. So I had to just throw myself out there and just go, nah, learn it. Do it and do it right. But you know what? I, I failed. I failed along the way. I didn't get all the processes right. I upset customers. I upset my team. It's because I was trying to do everything all at once. And when you're running your own business, you have to because when you start, you're not financially equipped to bring on board a, you know, a team of experienced staff. You just can't afford to, so you try and save every dollar that you've got to try and put it into the business to try and and grow it. And and what are some of the uh, what would you consider those those moments? Is that a crossroad for you to develop your business? Like those moments um, really uh, shaped the way that you built your business uh, moving forward. Yes, absolutely. Look, it's um, if I didn't go through them, I wouldn't understand the business as much as I do now. Um, looking back at it now, it's probably one of the best things that could have happened because it's given me the ability to grow a stronger foundation for the business and it's brought me closer to the team that I have now. And support. Uh, what about family support, friend support? Uh. <laughs> <laughs> um, I've, I've got to admit, I've got over a thousand percent of support from my family and friends. And you know, when I when I share with them what I wanted to do, they thought I was absolutely mad. Yes. And, um, <laughs> you know, and, and and it's crazy. It's a crazy decision. You know, like no one just lies there and goes oh yeah i'm going to open up a manufacturing company especially when they don't have experience in it you know so but i have i have friends and family who gave up their comfort in sydney and melbourne to move to brisbane to be by my side to support me uh you know and i wouldn't be where i am today without them like i am so appreciative of their support and i feel really blessed to have them in my life and the Paco team as well. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Did you um, seek out any mentors or coaches to help with the whole manufacturing business side of things or was it just winging it completely from start to finish? Or you haven't finished yet, but yeah. you know what I mean. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
I like your word. I winged it a lot. Um, <laughs> I winged it a lot. I don't have a, a specific mentor or coach in my life, but everyone who I cross paths with, family, friends, clients, I share with them my experience and they have always been able to give me their perspective views on how I should approach something through their experiences. And for that, you know, I've been able to see outside the box of, you know, what your No what pun I intended. <laughs> no, no, yeah, no, yeah, yeah, no. <laughs> outside the box, not inside the box. <laughs> because the, the, box. the fruit goes inside the box. <laughs> yeah. Um, what what were the lessons that you have learned in the last few years in setting up PACO? Uh, the the biggest lesson I learned is you can't do it all on your own. Um, you've got to speak up and ask for help. I know you die. You're like, yes, shaky hair. <laughs> um, Keep on telling her, reach yeah, out. And she yeah. reached out after she's made the freaking decision. <laughs> it's always. Um, look, don't be, don't be afraid of not knowing at all. Um, I have played many roles in Packer and because I was afraid of not knowing things when the staff asked me a question, I didn't want to let them down. But what I realised was I was working 14 to 15 hour days. I was getting really burnt out and I wasn't leading the company as I should be. You know, I was just, my head was stuck in all sorts of roles. I was trying to fix everything and I couldn't, I couldn't do it. So yeah, my biggest lesson is speak up, ask for help and don't be shy and don't be scared. Yeah, there's so much power in that, isn't it? Because a lot of the time, most of us, we, we pretend that, not saying you, but a lot of people pretend that they know everything, but like people are not stupid. They can see right <laughs> through that. They can see like the fear or whatever it is. And there's just so much power in just admitting, I don't have all the answers, but I'll find it for you. That's right. Yeah. 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 It's always, to me, it's um, so important to be, um, and, and I think it's the fear of, of the rejection. So if you say, can you help me? Someone's going to say, look, no, I can't. But I think overcoming that fear of saying it's okay. Uh, and I think if you reach out the, to th- your trusted network, friends, family or, or business and say, look, can you help me with this? Uh, there's bound to be, you know, there's bound to be somebody who can um, come on, on board straight away to help you. Um, what were some of your highlights? Highlights. Um, hmm. I have many highlights. <laughs> uh, in, um, in 2018, we were nominated as a finalist in the manufacturing sector uh, for the Small Australian was it, Small Business Awards. And that was less than one year. So to be recognised in that field, it was a huge accomplishment for myself, for the team and for all the work that we had put in. Yeah, that was one highlight. Um, in in 2019, I was named in the top 50 emerging leaders, being recognised in the print and packaging industry, which is something quite big because, you know, it's a male-dominating industry. So it's, it's very hard to be recognised. It's hard to be respected. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm proud of that. Well done. And you're still pretty much the only uh, woman of culturally of, of culturally lingu- linguistic diverse background in that in that industry. Would you say? Have you met another woman who who who's in the packaging or manufacturing industry? 
in packaging, um, I haven't met anyone else that's Asian Australian. There are other uh, females in this space, but more towards the print, not so much manufacturing or packaging. Mm, mm, mm. So what's the future for packaging um, now that um, I guess with COVID, like a lot of people were ordering stuff from China as an example, now they can't anymore. They have to rethink their supply chain. So there's obviously a big opportunity here in Australia. So what does the future look like for the packaging world? It's it's growing. It's growing rapidly um, because people have now come to realisation that they can't import. Well, not saying that they can't, but the lead time is a lot longer and customs are a lot more stricter on what can come into the country. Our turnaround time is eight to 10 working days from order versus six to eight weeks. So, you know, you just, yeah, we've been able to streamline a lot of our processes and what we do. And I guess through my experience of importing, I understand what these small businesses need. Um, They need the support, they need the fast turnaround because you just never know, you know, you might have a black sale um, Friday all your packaging's gone through the door. Well, you can't wait six to eight weeks before your next lot comes in. You know, so for that, we've been able to support them in that sense and saying, "Hey, eight days, ten days, twelve days, does that work for you?" And they're like, "Are you sure?" I'm like, "Yeah, <laughs> yeah." You know, so, <laughs> That's a nice question. Yeah. Like, are you sure? sure. Like, it's almost yeah. like they're shocked, isn't it? <laughs> but it's it's a common uh, response that I get because. For importers, they're so used to that, you know, two months, three months lead time. And then once it lands, it's not like they can collect it straight away. It still sits at custom for a couple of days, you know, and then all the unloading and stuff. And you know what? Sometimes they more buy more than what they need, you know. And as a small business, it ruins your cash flow. You know, we don't have any minimum order quantity. Um, you know, you can really? buy fifty, you can buy but, but- hundred. But then doesn't that leave you, uh, if you don't have a minimum order and if they, doesn't that leave you in a lurch in a sense that if it's a small order, how do you justify the cost, the, the, the economy of scale? You know, everything is about economy yeah. of scale. Yeah. The larger Absolutely. the quantity, it's, it, the cost, it costs you less. Obviously, if it's being manufactured here, obviously you have to take into consideration wages, salaries, um, workers' compensation, super, and all those costs that you have, which that's, that's probably why over the years people have gone over to places like China for manufacturing or importing because it costs cheaper. So how are you set up to deal with that? We, we have certain uh, machines that we put the small runs on. We don't run it through the actual uh, large machineries. Even though we can, we kind of advise the client, look, there is no minimum order quantity, but there is certain machine setup. So if you buy 100 boxes, it might cost you $4. You buy 1,000, it now becomes 40 cents. You know, are you willing to weigh up that cost? And a lot of small business, they don't want to outlay so much into the unknown especially in packaging because their business is in product selling. It's not about the boxes. So if they do a trial run and they pay $4, it's not a huge uh, outlay. It's mm. not a huge cost it's to them. It's low risk for them too. to start. Yeah, it's not a high risk. So they understand that. And when their business rolls, they know that we were there to support them from day one. A lot of manufacturers don't do this because the margins are so tiny in manufacturing. But for us, it's 
it's about the future. It's about building that relationship. If you are there from the start, people know that you supported them and in turn, when they grow, you grow with them. So, so what's your advice for individuals and you know people of, of migrant background, especially who who want to, you know, who's starting out their own business um, and to start their own venture? What's your advice to them? My advice would be, if you want it bad enough, give it a go. Um, regardless what the naysayers say, trust in yourself and have confidence. Like persistence and drive will keep you going, but. You know, the heart will give you purpose. So don't ever give up, right? And, and you know, that's been my philosophy. Don't don't give up just because you don't have the experience, just because you don't know it all. Don't let that be the reason that's stopping you from moving forward. That's great advice. Mm. And, and have you deal, dealt with, have you had many no's? And how do you convert those no's into <laughs> yes? <laughs> um, yes, I have. <laughs> Had a lot of no's in my journey. Um, the feeling is the feeling is very hard to describe because it just feels like you're being beaten. Um, you feel that you're not good enough, and sometimes you know I just want to give up. It, you know, it's it's that rejection. I don't deal well with rejection, and I'm not, and I'm sure not many people can deal with it. You know, um, and then you know I get into this state where I go. Why did I get myself into this? Why am I doing this? You know, and it's my emotions are now taking over, which I guess it's normal. Um, so, yeah, I, I sit on it and, you know, I recoup, I change my approach and I try again, you know. So I'm very persistent, especially when I want something. It's, yeah, I keep going. <laughs> so despite the nose, you, kept, you keep going? Well, you... If you let the no stop you, that means that you pretty much put a barrier up for yourself and it means that you've limited yourself to what could be and what the opportunities are. So, you know, how bad do you really want something? And when I want something, I want it bad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. As you can see. I, I, I remember I remember very much this whole a journey when, uh, when Nina wanted the manufacturing um, business. Like, it's just like, I'm getting Made it. it happen. I'm I'm gonna make it happen. Are you sure? Yes, I'm going. She just there was nothing else. That's that's all that she was focused on. <laughs> um, so where to next for you, Nina? Continue on my journey, I guess. Um, grow Paco. Um, you know, we've we've been actually growing quite rapidly in the last two months, um, and that's due to a lot of the importance now coming back to the locals to buying it. Um, so, yeah, I really want to focus on that as well as, you know, establishing our brand to be more of a, a home brand. So where people go, oh, look, you know, we need packaging and I want them to think of Packer in the forefront. Mm. So audience out there, when you think of packaging, think of Paco. Mm. Yeah. Uh, look, thank you so much for uh, giving us your time. And I know you're so busy. It's very hard to get you to sit down for half an hour because I know I've spent it with you out there in the – oh, do you want to take us for a little yeah. tour of the yeah. uh, factory? Um, yeah. And I want to see what the place looks like because I remember what the place looked like. <laughs> okay. Bird's eye? Yes. Bird's eye, okay. Right. Yeah, a bird's Hang eye on. view. Let me yeah. take you Virtual tour, ladies and gentlemen. That's right, of Paco. 
so I'm just going to walk you guys outside. And this is upstairs of where I am. Oh, I remember upstairs. Um, wow, it's huge. So we're on over two and a half square metres. Yep. Um, as you can see, that machine running, I don't know if you can see it. It's yep. a red machine. Yeah, that's our glue. Okay. So it's currently running at about 8,000 per hour um, for food sleeves. Right. So we do a lot of food sleeves. Yep. As well. Um, so our shift has almost finished for the day. Yep. But that's the factory. So, so you, you, you still just, um, yes, I remember. My God, I remember stacking those boards. <laughs> those yes. are patterns, aren't they, Nina? <laughs> yes, they are all the different types of box styles. Yep. So every box style would require its own form, yep. which makes the shape and size uh, just like a cookie cutter. So Bring you know back how memories. cookie cutter, you can cut it out. Yep. It's the same thing for a box. Well, it's yep. like fashion design, right? Except yeah. you're designing boxes. Yeah, boxes. That's right. Boxes, exactly. So. And you only, um, the shift is what, what time of the day to what time in the afternoon? So it's not a 24-hour factory at the moment? No, no. So we're running from uh, 6.30 to 2.30 in the factory and in the office is to 4, 4 o'clock. Right, okay. And in what we, if the increase in demands, do you think that you'll extend that, that hours for the factory, the manufacturing on the floor there? Uh, we'll probably extend our team team member and yep. we'll have more because at the moment we're not running 100% yet. Yep. Um, but, yes, eventually down, down the track we would like to put on an afternoon shift. Okay. All right. Well, thank you so much for that. Yeah, it's nice to see it. What yeah, nice say? to see it. So, look... Thank you so much for your time and good luck with everything. And, uh, you know, for people, if you're thinking packaging, think Paco. Packaging Paco. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. And, uh, yeah, and we'll keep in touch and see how you're going, how you're progressing, but really appreciate your time. Yep. Thanks, Thanks guys. Thanks, okay. Kathy. Hang on there. Bye. Uh, that's it from us from uh, Dawncast. And if you like the story, please click uh, the bell below and subscribe. I'm Dai Lee. And I'm Kathy Ngo. See you next time. Bye. 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 Oh, did she just leave? <laughs>